Praise God. God's good, isn't he? Yeah. Who knows the Bible says that Jesus has all power and all authority. Everyone say all power. Everyone say all authority. So if Jesus has got all the power, how much power does the devil have? If Jesus has got all authority, how much authority does your need have this morning? Come on. Come on. God's in the house, right? Amen. Genesis 28, if you've got a Bible. just want to speak just for a little bit and then um, we're going to pray this morning. I believe God wants to heal some people this morning. I believe God wants to do some miracles this morning. Anyone up for that? Genesis 28, for those that are, are not too familiar with the Old Testament, uh, this is a story uh, about Jacob. Jacob is a twin. Um, his twin brother is a guy called Esau. And Jacob is a guy that is hungry for God. He's a spiritual guy, but he's also a bit of a naughty boy as well. And Jacob has come to a place in his life when he's lied, he's stolen, he's cheated. Uh, the birthright, the blessing that should have been his older brother, Jacob has taken it through deception. His name means the deceiver. He's a bit of a kind of tricky kind of character. Um, and as you can imagine, this hasn't gone down very well with Esau. And so Esau has said, I'm going to kill Jacob. And so Jacob's had to leave his, his mom and dad, his family. He's had to leave the, the promised land. And he's on the run, on his own. He doesn't know where he's going to go. He just knows he's got to get out of there to get away from Esau who wants to kill him. And uh, we come to Genesis 28 verse 10. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and set out for Haran. When he reached a certain place, everyone says certain place. He stopped for the night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones there, he put it under his head and lay down to sleep. He had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord. And he said, I am the Lord the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants a land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth. You will spread out to the west and to the east, to the north and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. I, will, I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to the land. I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep, he thought, surely the Lord is in this place. And I was not aware of it. He was afraid and he said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. 
Early the next morning, Jacob took the stone he had placed under his head. He set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. He called that place Bethel, which means the house of God, though the city used to be called Luz. Then Jacob made a vow saying, if God will be with me and will watch over me on this journey, I am taking and will give me food to eat and clothes to wear so that I return safely to my father's house. Then the Lord will be my God and this stone that I have set up as a pillar will be God's house and of all that you give me I will give you a tenth Uh, let's just read again verses 16 and 17 Jacob awoke from his sleep he thought surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it he was afraid and said how awesome is this place this is none other than the house of God this is the gate of heaven amen Jacob reached a certain place. Uh, The the kind of the point that the Bible's trying to make here is that um, this place seemed incredibly ordinary. There was absolutely nothing there that was uh, kind of exciting or powerful. There was nothing there that was eye-catching. It was just an ordinary, certain, common, boring place. In fact, it was so boring that Jacob fell asleep. But he woke up and he sees angels. He sees heaven opened. He sees God standing there, speaking to him, communicating to him. And Jacob says, how awesome is this place? The certain place was now an awesome place. Nothing had changed other than Jacob's awareness that God was there. And Jacob said, this is the house of God. That an incredible thought that Jacob was the first guy to use that phrase, the house of God. This was before Moses built the tabernacle. This was before uh, Solomon built the temple. Jacob woke up with this realization, I don't know where I am, but God lives here. Isn't that just a mind-blowing concept that, that God could actually live somewhere? I mean, Jacob was the first person to ever get that, that God's presence could actually be manifest somewhere. And Jacob wakes up from this dream and he looks around and he is like, wow, God lives here. Uh, This is the house of God. And I didn't even realize that that's where I was. I just stumbled into the presence of God. I just woke up and suddenly realized God's here. Now who knows that this morning we are in the house of God. I'm not talking about the the, the room this morning. I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the fact that Jesus promised that where two or three are gathered together, he would be there in the midst. Who knows that God is here this morning. We are in the house of God. How awesome is this place? We are in the presence of Almighty God. That get anyone excited this morning? I wonder if sometimes like Jacob, we could be in the very presence of God and not be aware of it. 
I, I remember the, the, the first time I went to Kenya, uh, we got the opportunity to go on safari uh, to the Maasai Mara. Oh, wow, someone take me back. Give me six grand and I'm there. Um, we, we'd booked, I was on a youth mission trip and we booked a dead cheap safari uh, to tag on to the end of the mission trip. And on our way there, uh, there was rioting going on um, at where we were going on, on safari. So the, the travel company said, uh, we've rebooked you in the Maasai Mara five-star lodge. It was like, wow. So we went out in the Maasai Mara and we reached a certain place and we parked up. Uh, the van to take some photos and about 250 yards away there was another van parked up and they were doing it was, they were a group of people they were kind of in their 20s I guess and they were doing what you should never do when you're on the Maasai Mara they got out of the van and there were, some of the guys were there kind of um, I guess there was a call to nature, shall we put it like that? And they were there outside the van. There were some uh, girls with them kind of taking pictures and just having a lovely time uh, of, of the scenery, not of the guys. Just clarify that. Um, they were in a certain place. They were having a wonderful time. But the reason we were parked up was because right next to our van, there was a male lion just there crouched down and we were there kind of taking pictures of the lion but the lion was not looking at us the lion was looking 250 yards in that direction where there are a group of people totally unaware of whose presence they were in awareness is everything friends this morning we are in the presence of almighty God I wonder sometimes, you know, sometimes I, I think that our biggest hurdle sometimes when we, when we gather in church is this is not an ordinary place. We are in the presence of Almighty God. The healer's here this morning. The God that we've just been singing about, who's triumphed over the grave, the one who, with him, all things are possible, the miracle worker, the deliverer, the provider, the one who has all power and all authority, the one who is the name above all names. He's here this morning. I wonder this morning how it would just change everything if we were just aware that God's here. God's here. He doesn't turn up during the third song. He doesn't turn up when I, I say something particularly inspirational. He doesn't turn up during the ministry time. God is here right now. I wonder if that, if that would change the way we worshipped. If we were just aware that God is here. I wonder if that would change the way that we respond if we realize God is here. I wonder if that would change our expectancy this morning and our faith levels if we realize this morning that God is here. This is not an ordinary place. This is not a, an ordinary Sunday meeting this morning. There's no such thing. We're in the house of God. God is here this morning in all of his fullness. You know, we live in a world, don't we, that is a very sensual world. People live by their senses. And sometimes we're like that in church. 
But we need to realize this morning, there is a reality beyond what I can see. There is a reality beyond what I can feel. There is a a, a reality beyond what I can taste this morning. We are in the, the, the glory, the presence of Almighty God. Friends, this, sometimes in church we're waiting for something to happen. We're waiting for a goosebump. We're waiting for a feeling. We need five songs to kind of warm us up before we get into the presence of God. Can you imagine how different it would be if we just realized this morning, right here, where we are sat, we're in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Chad was sharing earlier on all those people healed in Spain without anyone laying hands on them. Why? Just an awareness. We're in the house of God. God's here. You can be healed this morning before the worship team come back up and play a nice song. You can be healed this morning before before I finish preaching right now where you're sat. If you need a miracle, if you need healing, just be aware. I'm in the presence of God. Right now I receive all that heaven has for me. Can someone say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Now, Jacob said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. And this is the bit that I just want to touch on this morning. Um, I, I, I was reading the past couple of days about gates. Do you know gates are all the way through the Bible? In fact, as I was planning this, I was like, this sermon's about four hours long. I'm not going to be able to do this in in one morning. So probably over the next uh, four or five times I preach, we're going to look at at the gates that are all the way through the Bible. But here, the first time it's mentioned, Jacob said, the house of God is a gate of heaven. So wherever God's house is, we're in God's house this morning, right? In fact, you're God's house right? You're the temple of God. So you don't leave God's house. You are God's house. Wherever God's house is, there is a gate to heaven. So it says there that there was a gate that went up into heaven, a ladder that went up into heaven and a gate standing at the top. Not a ladder that just went up into the natural sky. Not just a ladder that went up into the atmosphere or even space. But a a ladder that went up into the place where God is. The highest heavens. The presence. The glory of God. The very throne room of heaven. And Jacob saw a gate. What does a gate speak of? Access. This morning, we have access to heaven. We have access to the very presence, the very glory, the very courts of God. Anyone think that that's incredible? This morning, in the house of God, there is a gate to heaven. Heaven is not just a place we go to when we die. Heaven is a realm that we can access right now. When we realize whenever I'm in his presence, I'm at a gate. And the gate is open. Now, how many gates were there? This is important to notice that it was gate singular. Right? There is only one gate 
And that gate is Jesus. Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 7, I am the gate for the sheep. Jesus has given us access to all that heaven has available this morning. Church, did you realize this morning that you have not just come to a meeting? You've come to a gate. You've not just come to sing a few songs and listen to a preach. You have come to a gate. You have come to a place where we can access all that heaven has available for us this morning. And that gate is Jesus. There is only one gate and his name is Jesus. I'm going to preach the gospel. Is that okay? There's only one name and his name is Jesus. There is only one way and his name is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets to the Father. No one gets into the kingdom. No one gets to go through the gate apart from me because I am the gate. I am the door. I am the way in. I am the access point. My cross, my blood, my name, my presence, it's a gateway into the kingdom, the glory of heaven. Jesus said, come to me. And coming to me is coming to a gate. It's one of my favorite titles for Jesus. The gateway. That all heaven has is available for me through Jesus. This morning, there is a gateway to heaven. There's a gate. You have access this morning to all that heaven has for you. you have, we have access to healing this morning. Come on, someone. We have access to healing. If you're sick in your body, there's a gateway. And through that gate is healing. If you need a miracle this morning, we have access to the miraculous power of God. We have access to provision. We have access to forgiveness. We have access to joy. We have access to love. We have access to strength. We have access to wisdom. We have access to salvation. We could go on and on and on and on. Everything that God has, we have access to it this morning because we have come to a gate and his name is Jesus. The Bible goes so far as to say that all of God's promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. We have access to every promise that God has made this morning. Again, the Bible goes as far as to say that we have every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every blessing, every promise, every good thing, everything that God has, resurrection life that we've been singing about this morning, it's all available in Jesus. Oh, is it just me that's excited this morning? That I've come to a gateway. I've come to a place where I can access all that heaven has for me. And remember, you're the house of God. So you have a gateway wherever you are. So that the gateway doesn't, the gate doesn't close when the meeting ends. You could be at work tomorrow. You could be at the supermarket. You could be doing the housework. But wherever you are, if you need access to wisdom, if you need access to joy, if you need access to grace, you've come to a gate. And that gate is open. It's available. It's accessible through Jesus. Hallelujah.
Let, let me just read you a couple of these, these scriptures that talk about the gates. And, and listen to this in Isaiah 60. It's talking about the gates of God's kingdom. It says this, your gates will always stand open. They will never be shut day or night. And the book of Revelation, again, speaking about the gates of heaven, it says on no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. Do you see these powerful promises? The gates of the kingdom are always open. The gates of heaven are always open. Whether day or night, in the good times, the bad times, the gate is not only always there, but the gate is always open. So this morning, not, you've not just come to a gate, but you've come to an open gate. And it is always open. Whether you're feeling spiritual or not, whether you're full of faith or not, whether you can feel God in the room or not, all of that is irrelevant. There is a gate and the gate is open and it always remains open. That means 24-7 we have access to healing, to power, to deliverance, to peace, to all that God has for us. It's all here because the gates are open. Amen. Who wants to step through a gate this morning? Healing's available this morning. The blood of Jesus has made a way. The blood of Jesus has opened the gate. I'm glad this morning it's not dependent upon how good the music is. It's not dependent on how good the preaching is. It's not dependent upon my prayers or Jared's prayers. This morning, the gates are open because of Jesus. And no matter how good, anointed or bad we are this morning, you can have access. You can step through. You can step right in to all that Jesus has for us. In Acts chapter 3, you read about... Um, a crippled man. And the Bible says that he was brought every day to the gates of the temple. And he was put outside to beg. Think about that for a moment. Every day he was brought to the gates of the temple. Every day someone picked him up plonked him at the gates and left him. And at the end of the day, they picked him up from the gates and took him back again. Every single day. And nothing ever changed. All he was there to do was to beg. In other words, get enough to survive. Get enough just to make it through the next day but he was never empowered he was never changed he was never transformed it was just the same thing every single day and I, I was wondering as I was reading that again yesterday why on earth 
didn't anyone take him through the gates? Why didn't anyone have the idea, let's take him into the presence of God. Let's take him into the house of God. You see, religion will leave you at the gate. But faith wants to take you through the gates. See, this morning, it's not enough just to be at the gate of heaven. We have to enter in to the very presence of God. We have to enter into the very courts of God. We have to enter into the place where God is. You see, religion will tell you about the gates. Religion will preach about the gates. Religion will sing songs about the gates. Religion will get you to believe in the gates. Religion will tell you what a beautiful gate. What a beautiful gate it is. But the gospel doesn't leave you begging at the gate. The gospel takes you in through the gates. I just feel this morning in my spirit that God wants to take us in somewhere this morning. Are you, are you content just talking about the gates? Just talking about Jesus? Just singing about Jesus? Just believing in Jesus? Or this morning, do we want to experience Jesus? We talk a lot about healing and miracles. It's part of who we are. But who wants to actually enter in? Who wants to see and experience the very power and presence of our miracle-working God this morning? It's not enough just to be at the gates. It's not just enough to be in church and sing songs and pray prayers and ascribe to a doctrine. We've got to come in through the gates. We've got to come through Jesus, experience him, encounter him. It's all in that place where we enter Jesus and enter that place of relationship and union and encounter with him. Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me, you've got to step in. You've got to enter. You've got to leave one life, one world behind and enter into relationship with Jesus. Jesus said, it's only stepping through me that you are saved. Maybe you're here this morning and you don't know God, you don't know Jesus. I want to tell you there is a gate called Jesus and through him is salvation. Through him is peace with God. Through him is forgiveness. Through him is freedom from death itself. Through him is a relationship with God. Through him is eternal life. And all you have to do this morning is step through the gate, put your trust in Jesus and enter into all that he has for us. Enter through me, through the gate, and you will be saved. For the rest of us that already know Jesus, that word saved, salvation there, is the word sozo. It doesn't just mean eternal salvation. It means healing. It means a miraculous. It means wholeness and completeness. Church, we have to enter in this morning. There are churches full of beggars 
sitting at the gates, just surviving, just going to church, looking at the gates, singing songs about the gates, but going exactly the same as when they came in. Church, we have to step in. Step into his presence by faith. There's a scripture in Isaiah 62, and, and I just feel the Holy Spirit on this, urging us this morning, pass through, pass through the gates. Prepare the way for the people. Build up, remove the stones. Raise a banner for the nations. God says it twice. Pass through. Pass through the gates. Church, I believe this morning, I feel strongly that we have a, a gate of opportunity. And God is saying, revive church. Pass through. Enter in. There's a gateway. There's a realm that I want you to enter, that I want you to experience. Sorry to mix metaphors, but John saw a door standing open in heaven and an angel saying, come on, enter in, pass through. Church, who's ready to, to enter into something that heaven has for us this morning? I, I want to close with this. Jacob as we already mentioned right at the beginning. At this point in his life, Jacob is not a man of God. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He's a deceiver. He's a thief. And yet, there was a gate standing open. This point in Jacob's life, Jacob is lonely. He's scared. He's fearful. He's broken, and yet there was a gate standing open. Now, I just want to prophesy over someone this morning that the place of your failure can also be a gate to access all that heaven has for you. Your failure does not close the gate. The place of your pain can be a place where there's a gate. The place of your failure, the place of your loneliness, the place of your torment, it can be a place where there is a gateway to heaven. Jacob said, this place, it's a house of God, it's a gateway to heaven. What place? Not just geographically, but the place he was at in life was a place of shame, failure, loneliness, tension in his family, all kinds of messed up stuff going on. But Jacob said, this place is a gate of heaven. Isn't God gracious? Isn't God gracious? I don't know where, where your place is in life this morning, but there may be people here this morning and you're like, I'm in a place of pain. I'm messed up, I'm hurt, I'm lonely, I'm isolated, I'm confused, I don't know where I'm going. God says this morning, even in that place, there's a gate. You've come to a gate this morning where you can have an encounter that will change your life forever. Why don't we stand together this morning?
just close your eyes right now. Hallelujah. Just a simple word this morning, but it speaks of a powerful truth. God's here. We need reminding of that sometimes. Anyone else? God's actually here right now. Come on, doesn't that change the way that you stood a little bit? Doesn't just that change your expectancy levels right now? God is here. And we're at his gate right now. And that gate is open. That gate gives you access to all that heaven has for you this morning. 